The big question that every writer has is, how can I sell more books? Or if they're not published yet, it's how can I write books that sell? But when writers approach selling books from a numbers perspective, they're missing out on the amazing relationships they could be building with readers through their stories. It's impossible to write books that resonate with readers when you're writing for money, because money can't read. But shouldn't writers be able to make a living with their stories? Well, when you connect with human souls, readers turn into fans and friends, and that's when consistent income begins. That and so much more. But how do writers connect with readers? That is the question this podcast aims to answer. My name is Kristen Spencer, and this is the Expensive Words Podcast. Welcome to the seventh class in the Writing 101 series. Uh, We've talked about lots of different things so far, but the one thing we haven't really delved into is the idea of how to create uh, your setting, which is also known in the writing world as world building. And today we're going to talk about the different parts that comprise world building and things that you might not actually think of as world building that contribute to uh, reader discomfort. They can contribute to reader discomfort and how to think about these things from the perspective of your reader so that you can get them right. So the first thing that uh, you need to know when you are working on the world building and setting is that you are literally the master of your universe. You are the one who gets to control what is and what is not acceptable in this world. And a lot of authors kind of feel like I can do whatever I want. And I just want to slow you down (laughs) right there. You can't do whatever you want. Because that leads to chaos, which leads to reader confusion. And confused readers, what? They stop reading. So you actually have to create rules to follow within this universe uh, so that you know what your characters can and can't do. Because if they can do anything, then what's the point? And I'll give you a very specific example when I get to my personal uh, world-building universe where I write all of my stories. So if you don't follow the rules, what could end up happening? Well, you could end up with a Deu Ex Machina, which is a plot device that suddenly and abruptly solves a protagonist's problem, and it comes out of nowhere. And the reason that readers hate this is because they have no, they have nothing that indicates that this can happen. And also it feels like a cop-out, and actually it is. It's a sign of, light, of uh, lazy writing because... It shows that you haven't put that much thought into what your protagonist, your main character, is going to go through. Because remember, we talked about that in, uh, we talked about breathing life into your character through the character arc and how you need to consider that when you're creating your plot. So if you don't do those things, then you end up with a situation that you don't have any idea how to resolve and you might be tempted to use a Deus Ex Machina uh, solution where, It doesn't actually make any sense, and that proves to the reader that you don't care about their money and that you don't care about their time, and that's not what you want to do when you're starting your writing career or when you're trying to establish a dedicated fan base because fans hate that. Uh, (laughs) I'm in several different fandoms, and any time that happens, I feel like, what? No, don't do that, and I feel like that's kind of what happened 
uh, with the Divergent series is that all of a sudden in the third book, we have this thing that we don't understand and it doesn't actually reasonably explain the world uh, that we've come to know and love. And I think that one of the reasons for that is because the author of that series was very inexperienced at writing when she came up with a great idea for Divergent, which is an amazing story. And even uh, Allegiant, I think is the second one. Is that right? I can't remember. I don't think about these books very often because I get depressed. (laughs) But the second book was okay. All right. And then the third book was just like, what the heck? No. No, and every person I've talked to who has read this series feels the same. We all feel the same, okay? And you don't want uh, a group of people who thought they were your fan to actively dislike you, which is what uh, Veronica Roth is dealing with now because she's trying to come out with more books and people are like, no, you burned me so hard, forget it. And that is why I suggest that maybe you start out with a book idea that's not your really great book idea, Because you don't want to end up in that situation where you're like, well, I didn't really think this through, and now I'm going to make all my fans super mad at me. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. (laughs) Okay? You need to think it through because that's how you can turn your readers into fans and into friends. If you burn them with, uh, you know, a sudden, (laughs) totally uh, diverging plot solution that doesn't make sense with any of your story, they're going to be like, Why? Why would you do this to me? I spent money on this book and I spent hours of my time that I can never, ever get back. And that's something you need to consider. And, you know, on the Expensive Words podcast, I've talked about how you need to think of your book as a consumable. And I know that some people think that sounds dirty because you're like, I'm not making a product, I'm making art. But you're making art that will be consumed by people. So this is why you need to establish world building and setting rules for your characters to follow. And that way, when you have a problem inside of your uh, your plot and inside of your character arc that your character needs to solve so they can move to the next level, you know what things they can and can't do. And that's very important. Okay, so believe it or not, this is a setting issue, even though it has to do with plot, because the rules are established within your world building. And one example that people always give for uh, why you should create rules inside of your world building or setting is the use of magic. Because if you can do anything with magic, then there's nothing for your character to overcome. And it's a good example, and that's why everybody uses it. So, uh, you know, that's true for fantasy, but what other ways can you apply the idea of these rules to other genres? For example, uh, if you're writing science fiction, then you have the laws of physics. Those are basically your rules. And uh, like in the Expanse series, they have this Epstein drive, uh, and I was going to name one of my characters after the creator of the Epstein drive, but then everything happened with Jeffrey Epstein. I'm like, uh, no. Also, I changed the uh, race of that main character, of that character, so it didn't fit anymore. But you need to think about uh, ways that you can do it while entertaining the reader so that if you're going to slightly fudge the rules of physics or something like that, 
that they uh, accept it and use the suspension of disbelief. And if you don't know what the suspension of disbelief is, there is an entire episode about it. Uh, and I think it's like one of the first 10 episodes that I did. And that explains what it is, wh- how it relates to readers, what you can do with it as an author. But, okay, backing it up, back up the truck a little bit. Beep, beep, beep. Right? We're going to talk about setting. That's why we're having this episode. And so if you're thinking about, okay, what rules can I use if I'm not writing sci-fi, if I'm not writing uh, fantasy, which includes magic, you can think about politics. You can think about culture. You need to think about religion. That's very important. All these things are very important to create a multidimensional type of setting that can create the engagements that you need for your character. Uh, You can think about relation to nearby lands, or if it's an intergalactic situation, relation to nearby planets. Uh, You think about the cartography of the places where your uh, character is in relation to their whole world. You think about the the topography of where they are. Uh, For example, I'm working on the Tyler Hart time portal, time travel adventure series right now. I'm working on the first book of that. And he's going into this Iceland that's full of jagged uh, mountains. So that's something I'm thinking about is how can he survive in this topography? And also weather. In the case of Tyler Hart, he's going into an Arctic wonderland, right? So he has to, I had to think about that. Like, what things does he need in order to survive on this pla- in this place, in this time, right? Because it's called the time portal. He's obviously traveling through time. Also, uh, if you have something that's more complex and uh, like let's say you have your characters in a small rural village in a area that's part of this country on t- in this continent, on this world, right? Are there universal laws? Or if you have something like what I'm going to describe where it's a bunch of planets, uh, are there universal laws within that universe that the different planets share? So you have to kind of figure out what rules apply to your character and to your character's world. And the best way to do that, and I think you know what I'm going to say, is to go download your free world-building setting worksheet, which is part of the Literary Symmetry Fiction Worksheet Pack. And you can get that for free, like I said, by going to literarysymmetry.com slash WTPR-F. And you'll be able, the F stands for fiction because we're coming out with a write the perfect read nonfiction and that will have its own separate packet which is going to be amazing and I'll be able to use it for all my nonfiction <laughs> projects too and actually uh, I'm going to add an episode on to this writing 101 class uh, or course or series whatever you want to say about nonfiction and storytelling in nonfiction because that's something basic that you need to know and you can actually apply all these fiction principles to your nonfiction in a way that creates, uh, it turns you into a storyteller, which is what you need to be, whatever you're writing. Remember, you know, it's never too late to tell the story of your heart. So these are all things that you can think about. Go download the world building setting worksheet, and it has these questions, and it has other questions for you to really dive into so that you can understand the place and the country and the continent and the world and the universe where your character is living and the types of things they can and can't do. And in order to give you an example of what you can do, I wanted to talk to you about the panverse. And you might be thinking, Kristen, 
I don't know what the Panverse is. And you don't because I made it. It's just for me. The Panverse is the uh, multi-solar system place where I... It's my personal mind playground. <laughs> I created it, and I created the rules so that I could set any story there. And so uh, Plunge Into Darkness is set there, right? The Dominion of Man is a mirroring of all these rules inside the Panverse. And so uh, the Panverse does have universal laws. However, those are limited uh, based on planetary sovereignty, which is an idea that I got because I'm from the United States and we have state sovereignty. So it's something that I was like, okay, well, these are like the main rules. And then these are the things that the planets can decide on their own. And also, of course, uh, planets can decide to be outside of the control of the main religious slash political body, which is called uh, the Tejd. And that was something I was like, do I really want to mix a religion sort of thing with a political sort of thing. And for my purposes, I needed to do that because uh, they're not only the religion. Uh, as the political main force, they oversee all of time travel. And so I have a lot of time travel in my stories. I do not have time travel per se in Plunge Into Darkness in that series. Uh, or maybe I do. I don't know. <laughs> There's definitely some dimensional travel and multi-dimensions in that story. And if you've read the first one, that's not a shock to you. That's not a spoiler. That happens uh, toward the end. And in the next book, which hopefully will come out sometime soon in 2021, uh, we're going to get to see a lot more of that and what lies behind the different dimensions. And so I've made the Panverse so that all of my stories can exist simultaneously with the same rules just for myself so that I don't have to keep rewriting rules. And uh, I've created this setting, this uh, world building to showcase certain themes. And these are the themes that I really want to write about. So, for example, I talk about religion. I talk about power. I talk about voice and relationship. And so I've set up the Panverse in a way that is able to showcase all of those themes and also have a system of rules that supports the things that I'm trying to discuss inside of my stories. And so remember when I was like, oh, you have to make rules or you could just do anything. So one of the things that constrains this uh place, this setting, is that they have something called the rule of tens within their time travel. Because if you could just travel back to any place, any time, you could do the same moment over and over and over again, and you would end up with like a, a groundhog situation, but I guess a voluntary one, or, um, you know, one of the various time travel movies where they can choose when to travel back, you know, given certain circumstances. So you want to think about what's something that makes it so that my character can't automatically undo anything they do. And so the law of tens was something that I came up with because I need to constrain my characters from being able to travel anywhere in time that they want. So the rule is that they can travel 10 years before or 10 years after the moment they're currently in. And, uh, or they can travel in increments of 10. So they can travel 20 years, 30 years, 40 years before or after. But they have to use, uh, they have to use, um, 
a multiple of 10. Sorry, that took me way too long to think of that. My brain is full of math because I was helping my son with his math this morning. And um, so that's the kind of rule that you want so that your character doesn't have things too easy because if they they are able to do whatever, then there's really no way for them to come up against conflict, which is what causes the curve in their character arc to happen. And so that's why these ideas are all related to each other. And so you need to sit down and make the rules. And if you're writing contemporary, that's pretty simple because you're like, okay, well, they can't fly. They could be killed by a car if they get hit by one. The body has all these ways of failing. Uh, they can't time travel. They, they, they're constrained by modern conveniences. So, for example, airplanes, they still have to deal with jet lag, lag et cetera, et cetera. So uh, your constrictions are going to be different depending on what genre you have. But whatever genre you're writing, you need to make sure that you have those rules set up as a note to your halfway through the project self so you don't accidentally deu ex machina your, your, your plot and make all your readers angry and lose all those readers forever. Because one, when a reader trusts you, you've gained their trust almost forever unless you write two bad books in a row. But if you burn them one time, they're not ever going to trust you again, and that's not what you want. So go get the worksheet. Think about your world. Think about the things you need for your character in order to get them into that character arc. And that way you have the place where your plot's going to take, going to take place. And you actually have now all of the tools you need to get started writing. So uh, we're going to do a wrap up for episode nine where I'm just going to talk about all these things together and give a really good example. But... Technically, you can go get the worksheets now and start working, and after episode 8 comes out, you can sit down and start writing your story because you're going to have a plan, you're going to have all the information you need, and you'll know what things to avoid, which we've talked about lots of things to avoid, so that you don't make the reader hate you or angry at you. I mean, I don't hate Veronica Roth, okay? I'm just not going to trust her with any more of my time or uh, my money, which... That bums me out, but she burned me so hard and so many other people. And that's why you're taking this course right now because you don't want to do that. And uh, yeah, that's all for today. And I'm really excited for the nonfiction episode. And then we're going to do a wrap up. And I would love to hear from you what you're going to write about, what your project is going to be. So if you want to tweet, uh, you can tweet. Uh, literary simit one <laughs> that that's the only available one so it's like symmetry but with the uri taken off and there's a one there or you can find us on instagram at literary symmetry and or you can find me personally on instagram at kristen.n.spencer and uh twitter i'm at sincerely underscore chris k-r-i-s and I would love to hear what projects you're working on. And if there's anything I can do to encourage you, I would love to do that. Also, don't forget, you can join the Perfect Read Writing Group if you go to literarysymmetry.com slash fbgroup, where we can all work on these story ideas together. And I'm definitely active in that group. And I would love to see you there. And remember, it's never too late to write the story of your heart. 
This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, you can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer. And I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing. Happy writing.